Thanks for listening to Inside Octopus. My name is Russell Goldsmith, and in this episode, we're focusing on a world-first initiative from Octopus Energy that will guarantee to provide eligible households with zero energy bills for five years. Pretty exciting stuff. So I am thrilled to say that joining me here at Octopus Energy's London HQ are two of the people responsible for bringing this to market. Michael Cottrell is Product and Partnerships Director at Octopus Energy, and Holly Gavin is from Kraken Technologies, and she is the product product manager on this project. Doing what it says on the tin, the program is called Zero Bills. So Michael, let's come to you first. Tell us a little bit more about the proposition. How's it going to work? And also who will be able to benefit from it? Thanks, Russell. The proposition, it it, it does, as you rightly said, exactly what it says on the tin. So uh, we're going to be the energy company that doesn't charge our customers for energy. And and we achieve that through deploying three bits of low-carbon tech. And they are an air source heat pump, solar panels on the roof, and a battery system that's connected to those solar panels. What we then do is our colleagues over at Kraken Technologies, they integrate with those three pieces of kit, specifically with the air source heat pump, with the battery, and with the inverter system that links to the solar panels. And that allows us to control the energy system at the house remotely through our Kraken and Kraken Flex platforms. And what we're able to do then is optimize what the customer uses and what they're able to export back to the grid to such an extent that over 12 months, we don't need to charge them an energy bill. And we'll go a little bit further and actually guarantee that for five years uh, at any given site. Fantastic. Now, you've actually piloted the scheme already. So, yeah, talk us through, through that process. How did that all go? Yeah, it was, it was great, really. So we started talking to a modular house builder called Ilka Homes. So when I say modular house builder, they build homes in a factory. They have 270,000 square foot up in Harrogate, and they roll four fully completed houses off the production line every day onto the back of lorries and deliver them to site. So they don't so much build houses as install them. Wow. And uh, they started talking to us about air source heat pumps to begin with. I believe there was a dinner between our CEO, Greg, and their CEO, Giles Carter, and about, well, air source heat pumps to begin with, but how could we go further and really decarbonize these homes and reduce the bill? And at some point, we figured out that we could get so close to zero that we may as well go the full way and totally eradicate the energy bill. And there are now uh, 22 zero bills homes in a, on one of their developments in Essex, a place called Stamford La Hope. And the first two families are about to move into, into those homes. Incredible. Holly, let's bring you into the discussion. Uh, Michael mentioned, you know, as he was talking through there, that it's, um, you know, the back end is driven by Kraken, basically. Talk us through the technology, how it actually works, and, and how easy is it for consumers to actually understand? Thanks, Russell. So there's a couple of things here. We've got basically the Kraken sort of platform, which is the software we use to manage all of our customer energy accounts. So we've got, I believe it's about 40 million accounts on there at the moment. And as luckily we know, we're able to maximize on delivering fantastic service to all of those customers who are supplied by Octopus Energy. And we obviously hope to continue that with Zero Bills Homes. So what that does, it basically acts as um, a sort of platform where you've got your account life cycle from start to finish. So that's from switching to billing the customer. We've got visibility as well in terms of any customer contacts. So we've got a log of any conversations, which means that we can provide basically answers to whatever it is that somebody could potentially need. 
The next bit of that is obviously Crack and Flex. And that's what we use basically to integrate with the smart assets within the home to try and optimize people's usage so that to a certain degree, we're able to let them know when the energy is sort of cheapest to bring that over through on import and make sure that we're using it when it's green. And then as well in terms of exporting that back onto the grid when the prices on that is the most expensive to make sure that there's a return there. And obviously, as Michael, you said, over 12 months come to the end of the year, hopefully that sort of equals out. In terms of customer control, I think that's always a sensitive topic, but the customer always has the preference of when they obviously want to get their heating, let's say on, and it's down to their preferences. But we're able to provide that sort of optimization to let them know when it would make most sense and it would be greenest to turn things on and off and get that active through a web account or the app. Yeah, we're, we're really lucky, aren't we, Holly, with our energy system that the cheapest times are also the greenest times on the grid. I don't want to get too technical, but it's because of the way that the, the, the energy system is set, is set up. So when a customer has excess power, we can make sure that we export that at the dirtiest time. So we're adding in greener power, but we actually get paid more for that. And then the, the flip of that is also true when, we're, when the house needs to draw power from the grid. Because we have a battery, we can make sure that we do that at the very, very cheapest, okay. cheapest times. Exactly. And I believe you asked about the sort of customer experience mm. side of things. So obviously one major sort of plus with Zero Bills Homes is that ideally we want this to be a bit of a sort of North Star project where we're looking at really simple customer experience. So in theory, yes, you are getting billed for zero pounds over the course of five years and we're guaranteeing that, which is absolutely incredible. But at the same time, we want to make sure that you've got the access to the information that you need. So it's not just about sort of ease of use and an amazing UX, but at the same time, we want to make sure that you've got access to what you need. But also, again, we're sort of looking at improving user experience where it's headache free and energy is one of those things which doesn't tend to be. So you get lots of customer queries around billing. So we're trying to remove that bit of the piece, but at the same time, we don't want it to be a situation where we've got customers who don't have to actually have any insight into the actual usage because part of that getting to net zero as well is not just offering zero bills homes, but it's also about customers maintaining their connection with what they're using and getting to know their usage. Obviously, we've seen that with smart meters getting back into getting into homes, but that's part of the long-term goal as well. It's not just simple, but also at the end of the day, get to know what you're using when and actually actively participate. We were laughing, weren't we, Holly, when we were setting up the the kind of customer comms, at least in concept, and we were we would think, oh, we'll send a, a bill sort of in in inverted commas to a customer every month saying, this is what you used, this is what you exported, and by the way, it's still still zero, nothing to pay kind yeah. of thing, which, uh, which we think is a lovely way of, as Holly says, giving everyone or giving the customer all the data, all the information that they might be interested in, in terms of how, how their house is consuming and generating power, but still having that really clear message, it doesn't cost you, it doesn't cost you anything. How long has this um, actually taken to develop, Holly? So it's going to take a long time. There's lots of sort of moving pieces. We've been looking at it over the past few months, obviously in terms of things like the onboarding journey, otherwise called sort of a sign-up journey, that's already live 
for the first tenants moving in. So we've already got that up in terms of landing page. We've got the content you might need in terms of your FAQs. It functions like any other sort of sign up journey. So basically pop in your postcode, select your address, pop in your details, have a look at a review page, click submit and voila, here we go. You've got an account basically set up on our system Kraken. In terms of the information that's getting sent out, that's largely managed by our brilliant ops teams. So they're on hand to, to offer any advice or solve any sort of queries. That piece of the puzzle is sort of the simpler aspect of things. We go down the rabbit hole in terms of complexities when it comes to the actual customer accounts. So that's what happens once you log in and the visibility you have in terms of your usage. There's sort of a big piece ongoing around that where we want to make sure that we're letting customers know how they're faring against their fair use allowance. So we've set that according to different plots and according to the different property developers. We've doubled that basically against your sort of average expected usage for the average household. But obviously we want to make sure that we're giving people enough of a heads up because we don't want to, we don't want to be in a situation where we're not communicating that to customers as well. So there shouldn't be very many risks, but if you have really high heating preferences, or it'll be different, obviously, for a family of four or with a newborn baby than it would be with a couple living in a zero bills home. Yeah, I think that's been kind of the complexity around setting up the product is tracking consumption in the home against this fair usage policy, as Holly says, sort of setting that at two or two and a half times what we'd expect the house to use, but to give customers visibility of how they're tracking against that. The real premise of the proposition is just live your life as you normally would and there'll be no bill. But if people are using a really large amount still, you know, above and beyond what they can generate or what we can generate at the site, th then we will need to, to charge customers for that. So giving them visibility of how they're doing in relation to that threshold is really important. And, and I think that's, that's quite complex from a kind of product development point of view. Absolutely. And that sort of leads us on to the next bit, which is the billing. So obviously you'd think with a zero pound bill, it sounds simple, but in the back end, it is actually quite complex because these systems are basically built to bill customers for their usage. So we're sort of going against existing practices in a sense. And we are in a fantastic place where we sit really closely to sort of our developers, our design teams, but also the data teams who look at things like pricing, for example. And we have the ability to create bespoke sort of tariffs, which we have done for Zero Bills Homes. But it's not just the one. It's a sort of combined package of import and then export for your solar and then as well as a sort of third tariff potentially if you were to go above your sort of fair use allowance. So that doesn't work straight out of the box and that's something that we're actively looking at now. But the customer shouldn't have to deal with any of that faff or that headache. That's for us to sort out and not for a customer to actually query and chase either. So Michael, you've run a successful pilot. You've mentioned the first kind of couple of homeowners moving in. What's the plan for opening up the proposition to other developers across the country? Yeah, we've, we've actually made some progress on that already. So we have accredited uh, over 150 homes now for, for zero bills. And uh, in addition to the, the couple of families moving into the Ilka homes in Stamford La Hope in Essex, we've also got people living in a smaller development in Walthamstow. The developer there was a developer called GS8. We've contracted with four or five different property developers so far or house builders so far. And we're actively engaged with, I would say, another 
20 or so, and uh, some of them are the real kind of big players in, in the space. In terms of, you know, really scaling this, I think the important thing is going to be when house builders start building to the next set of regulation, which comes into effect later this year, that they are mandated then to build better quality homes with more low carbon kit, more solar, that kind of thing, which which really helps us make the argument to them to the, the incremental investment that they'd have to make to get those homes zero bills ready. It is a lot easier for them. So I'm I'm really excited by what the rest of the year holds in terms of scaling zero bills homes. And what about when it comes to social housing? Well, social housing is is something that's going to be a little bit harder for us to work with, but absolutely not impossible. And I think it's really important that we do work out how to deliver zero bills homes in a social housing context. We're really working hard to make sure that zero bills homes doesn't just end up being for an able to pay sector of the market. And therefore, if we are able to work with social housing providers, either when they're thinking about new build or in some form of retrofit, uh, that's really important for the overall program. What I would say is that some of the work that we're already doing with the likes of Ilka Homes is is for sort of affordable housing and shared ownership. uh, And that's worked really well so far. And and when can we see these coming to market? You know, do you, do you have a timeline and, and a target that you're trying to achieve? There's a loose sort of target around trying to do 10,000 zero bills homes over the next sort of four or five years. But but I think, you know, I think that's probably on the conservative side. Because we're working with house builders, if we're able to do deals with larger players, we could get kind of lumps of volume. So often house builders build um, to a set of house types so if we are able to work with them to accredit two or three of their house types, then every time they, they build one of those houses, it'll, it'll kind of add to the, to the zero bills bucket. So I'm hopeful that we'll start to see hundreds and, of homes later this year and, and then, and then start, to, start to, to scale beyond that, yeah, 2024 and beyond. And what about all those houses that already exist <laughs> yeah. out there? Um, can you retrofit existing homes to, to zero bills? Russell, I spend so much time talking about retrofit for zero bills these days. Look, I, I really hope so. With, with everything that we've got going on in the, in the world, I, I think it would be great if, if we can offer this proposition to as many people as possible. The difficulty that we have is to do with insulation quality. So I think that there'll be certain homes that we can retrofit for zero bills more more easily than others. And the other constraining factor is roof space. So if you think about terraced housing, for example, that's more of a challenge than two or three bedroom semi or detached houses kind of out of town. But to properly answer your question, yes, retrofit is very much on our agenda for, for zero bills homes, but we've we've not cracked it yet. Okay. So just picking up on what you just said there about like terraced houses and obviously the, the space for solar. I mean, are there any other specifications that that house might require? Yes. Yeah, so, and, and this is part of what makes retrofit difficult. So getting an air source heat pump in isn't always easy or, or, or um, at least some form of electric heating. And then even when we do that, we've got to make sure that the demand for heat is low enough that when we put a solar array and a battery on in the house that we're able to generate more than the house consumes. And that's often difficult if the building quality means that even if you have an air source heat pump, 
you need a lot of energy to push through it to heat the home to the to the customer's comfort. So, so that's really the challenge that that we have. And and as I say, terrace housing or more compact housing presents more of an issue than okay. than other homes. Okay, so let, let's just um, put the retrofit aside and, and come back to the new builds. Um, Holly, if someone is lucky enough to buy a zero builds home, how easy is it for them to actually? You know, I mean, you've you've talked about the onboarding, but how easy is it for them to actually understand how the actual tariff works? Well, as easy as could be, I'd like to think. But basically, they'd have some sort of a welcome pack in the property once moving in. So they've got a direct link to the actual onboarding journey in terms of basically pinpointing to the right place to set up their account and get that going. Once that's set up, it's a case of locking in and then the rest of the information, we present that on your customer account dashboard. So that's something where we already have the skeleton for something that is fit for most of our customers. So that's already there. It's just about fine tuning it and making sure that we've got the additional features that we want and specifically starting with that sort of fair use allowance and that quota piece. But as easy as, as basically logging in and I'm mostly familiar with the sort of web browser piece. Obviously, mobile app is becoming more and more important, but we do have sort of similar functionalities in both. So it could be a case of just checking it on the go or, or doing it at home, whatever it is, according to your sort of preference. But yeah, I'm generally really excited about this project. I think just as you said, Michael, we've got, I believe it's about 200,000 sort of new built homes being built in the UK a year, which is a massive opportunity to obviously putting the sort of retrofit piece aside is to catch the problem out before it gets out there, right? So it's about setting a new standard so that we don't end up having to retrofit 200,000 more homes a year than we would have otherwise. And that's, that's fantastic. I don't think there's very many other sort of companies or people thinking that way. And being able to partner with other companies like Ilka Homes and make that a reality is amazing. Yeah, it, it is exciting. You're right. And we talk about activating, don't we, customer homes rather than sort of like a sign up to a tariff or a switching process because we've worked with the developers that they just need to activate their zero bills homes. The point you make about retrofit is great as well because what we're finding is that there is pressure now to decarbonize homes to improve housing stock from an ESG point of view as well. So if we can make this really easy for customers through new build to begin with, hopefully there'll be a pull for this, which means that even though it's harder, people get more comfortable with the investment required to get there. And therefore, we might be able to op open that up. And Holly, just picking up on what you were saying about the fair usage, I mean, if, if someone does go through that allowance, what, what happens then? So we would basically charge that customer according to what's known as our flexible octopus tariff. That's what we call our standard variable tariff. And it's it's probably our best price because of the energy crisis. We're all sort of pricing to, to the off-gen price cap. Um, so it's you're getting the best deal you could possibly anyways. And we're looking at not charging those customers standing charge either. So that's that's already much better than than you would be if you were on, on zero homes. And that's something we want to do just as, as part of that package. It's just not only the zero pounds for five years, but even if you are particularly high usage customer, which we don't want to necessarily advocate for, but it could be the case. Um, then we want to make sure that we've got measures in place that you're not sort of losing out on that investment either. We know that the sort of zero builds homes properties themselves, if you were to purchase them, are slightly 
more expensive than other homes. There is a seven to eight thousand pounds sort of premium, which covers the cost of the kit, right? It's not coming out of nowhere. That's to cover your sort of your solar PVs, your home battery, and then all these sort of other smart gadgets and the assets that we've got in your home, as well as the heat pumps. So again, it's definitely cost efficient. It's just making sure that we're making a promise, not just in the immediate, but long-term as well. So five years, but also say you're in a pickle or it's a really, really cold, harsh winter. We also know, for example, that these plots, they're not just existing in the sort of south of England. We're also looking at potentially other places long-term. We want to be able to deliver these projects in the north, potentially Scotland. That doesn't necessarily make the most sense when it comes to solar PV and solar generation. However, there is a way to do it and we're happy to sort of go there, which is, I think, a big a big plus. Yeah, fair usage is a bit of protection for us, for people who might use differently because there's no energy bill rather than anything that we'd expect to happen. We've done our data science team has, has helped us with a lot of modeling. So actually, you know, it's really it's really to protect us from people who use abnormally because there's no bill. And and that's not, you know, really what we're trying to achieve here. We're trying to help people. We, we're trying to eradicate energy bills for people just living life as they normally do. And, and that's why sort of setting that threshold at double or sometimes even more what we'd expect them to use means that we, sh- we shouldn't really have it should be edge cases where people trip out trip over that and and have anything to pay at all and 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 that's what our modeling tells us and so what happens to the tariff after those five years though yeah the five-year guarantee is something that we we hope we can extend because ideally we'd like that to be 10 years because that would tie to the warranty on the equipment that we're installing specifically the the heat pump and the battery system but the stress test that we ran on the on the product meant that we could only really get comfortable with five years right now, but we don't expect to have to charge anything after five years. It's definitely not set up as a, you know, that there's any money we need to claw back after five years, for example, Russell. It's it's as as long as we could get comfortable with guaranteeing no bill, but we don't expect to charge one after that. Okay. I want to come back to the uh, topic of partnerships. Before I do that, I just want to play a couple of clips from the launch event that Octopus Energy ran around this project. The panel at that event included Chinyelo Aranafu, who is the director of ESG Finance at Lloyd's Banking Group, and also Giles Carter, the CEO of Ilka Homes. Uh, the first clip we'll hear is Chinyelo's thoughts on mortgage and affordability, and then we'll hear from Giles. This is really exciting, um, not just in terms of the sort of quality of what you're building, but particularly in terms of the zero bills and what that might be able to unlock really in terms of consumer demand. And then also the fact that we're here to support house builders and give them discounted finance if they can deliver to this sort of spec. The valuation caps the amount that we can lend. However, from an affordability basis, we're already doing on the retail side pilots that demonstrate that we can lend more. The reason this will happen now is because it makes commercial sense. And that, for me, is the power of zero bills. The way we unlock ESG is not by hitting ourselves with a stick. It's about creating a consumer proposition that people buy. And hell, who doesn't want a free energy bill? Michael, your uh, thoughts on what Chinyelo and Giles had to say there. And, And then also, perhaps you can share what your plans are to bring other developers on board as well. Yeah, they were they were great comments and the launch event as a whole was really a, a great platform for us to talk about zero bills. I, I think the really encouraging thing is that there's commerciality here. As Giles said, that 
it makes sense. There's a real win-win for everybody, for the customer, obviously, but also for the in, in the fact that there's no energy bill, but also for the developer in the, and Holly alluded to this earlier when she said, you know, yes, there is a bit of an additional cost that the house builders have to incur, but the prices for which they're selling the, able to sell these homes, the early data is showing us that the house price is more than covering that investment, which means that margins are actually improving for house builders. The other thing that's not captured in those clips is that they're selling more quickly than other uh, comparable homes that, that have an energy bill, which is, which is really exciting. And then what Chin Leu says is important as well, which means that there's money and potentially cheaper money available for builders to build like this. And then lastly, for the customer as well, you don't necessarily have to earn more money to buy a slightly more expensive house because it's got no energy bill because your mortgage provider will take that into account when they do your affordability assessment. So it, it's, it's really beautiful, right? Because it just means that hopefully there's a commerciality behind getting more people living in houses with no energy bills. I think it's quite a beautiful sort of full circle moment as well, right? Because I mean, I myself used to work in customer service. So I used to work in ops and take calls from customers. And you can definitely feel that sort of appetite from customers to to jump in on the sort of green energy revolution and they want to do everything they can to get to net zero. But sometimes it's just the upfront costs of setting up solar panels on your home or buying that heat pump or buying that home battery. And there's so many questions around this and your property has to be a certain way or you have to have certain specifications or run around getting certain kind of certificates to get that all set up. And the fact that this sort of jumps you forward to a place where you can sort of move into a home that's pretty much set up for you and it's an all-in-one solution is something that doesn't really quite exist so it's making that a lot more accessible for a lot more of our customer bases not just in terms of costs but also in terms of you know the freedom to use your time doing something else rather than chasing up an application to set up the solar panels which i think is only a small piece of the puzzle but it's just again another sort of point towards a customer's favor in terms of adoption it's I think true. it's really important, Holly, actually, the power of zero here from a customer point of view is 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 huge because this space has been, in the past, been about you have to take X, Y, and Z actions and then you may be able to unlock some savings and it's always asking something of the customer. But with, with zero bills, as Holly says, you, you buy the home and then there's you don't, you don't need to worry about energy at all after that point. And actually... The payback, the maths on, say, spending another £10,000 on the headline price of the house, the fact that the maths at current energy prices mean that you've paid that back in five years, that's just actually incidental. The value or the perceived value is greater than that. And, and, and we've, we've got already got some really strong examples of that from, from the, the homes that we've accredited. If we've got any developers listening, yeah. thinking, you know, I wonder if my portfolio is... Um, eligible for zero bills what do they need to do they need to talk to me that would be, or to us that would be that would be great we're trying to do as much of this as possible right I, I think the big message that i have for for developers is that this really shouldn't be scary this is technology that's been around for a long time that is unlocking the zero bills homes proposition the technology works as well it's fairly well established and it's not a in most cases, a very big incremental investment for them. 
So, you know, you ask about our plans to kind of take this and work to, to other developers and, and, and work with others. I think getting them comfortable with the tech and with sharing data so that we can start to work through the houses that they plan to build in future with them. So in short, to work with them on the design phase, uh, they start to build for Zero Bill's homes, not just assess what they're currently doing and, and hope that it fits the bill. That, that'll be the key to doing lots and lots. And what about extending the program outside of the UK? Do, do you have plans for that as well? Yeah, that's, that's really exciting for me as well. I mean, so, you know, Octopus Energy is present now, has a sort of retail energy presence in, in eight different countries. I'd, I'd say they're probably all in scope to, to a greater or, or lesser degree and, and, and other places beyond that. The, the fundamentals that you need for zero bills exist in, in, in most places or certainly most places where we're already working. Excellent. Well, we've been chatting for about half an hour. We're coming towards the end of the podcast. I, I want to just get one line from each of you to sum up why you think this initiative is so important. Holly, let's, let's start with you. Thanks, Russell. So important because I think we, we're living in the UK where we've got what we call particularly leaky homes. And what thing we want to do with Zero Bills Homes is sort of go against that. And yes, it's retrofitting, but it doesn't have to be that complicated. If you're looking to move or if you see that there's some zero homes in your area, then definitely take a look. But this is such an important initiative to try and come full circle. And what a sort of privilege to be an early adopter in this kind of tech. We'll be basically listening out for any sort of feedback as well. We do this all the time. We release and iterate. It's part of how we run our tech, but also it's part of how Octopus Energy works. So we'll keep our ears out and we're looking to just improve alongside your feedback. Russell, I know that was definitely more than a line. It was more than a line, but we'll, we'll <laughs> hope it's all right. We'll, we'll let it go. Michael? Yeah, I think I'm going to struggle to do it in one line as well. But for me, context is, is everything. Right. So we're in the midst of an energy crisis. We've also got a cost of living crisis and we've got a climate crisis. Right. And the exciting thing for me about Zero Bills Homes is that we actually get to address all of that. So uh, help people with cost of living by deploying zero carbon tech is really, really exciting. And hopefully, as, as Holly says, in doing that sort of transform the homes that we live in uh, in the UK and, and hopefully further afield. If um, listeners want to get more information, where do they need to go? Yeah, they can come to our to our website. We've, we've blogged quite extensively about Zero Bills Homes and they'll have plenty of information there to, to get in touch. And uh, yeah, we'd love to hear from them. Good stuff. Michael Cottrell and uh, Holly Gavin, thank you so much for being on the podcast. That is actually it for this episode. But as always, if you've got any comments on anything we've discussed today, please do get in touch via the website at octopus.energy or via the usual social channels. But for now, from me, Russell Goldsmith, thanks for listening and goodbye.